conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. Thanks, Carl. Need a man back. (laughs) Let's pray. Uh, Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you that uh, you're a God who speaks to us uh, in words that we can understand uh, and that your Holy Spirit comes to us to uh, make us understand your words and we pray for that now, uh, that you would help us to hear what you have to say so that we uh, might be people who imitate you uh, in the words that we speak, that we might be people who speak wise words and good words and true words uh, and words which heal and which give life. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, as Chris said, we're uh, thinking today about uh, uh, our, well, this is our last uh, sermon on the book of Proverbs. Uh, there should, you should have received a sheet on the way in with a number of Bible readings uh, that you can follow along uh, with. And uh, today we're thinking about words and uh, you'd have to say, I think, that words are an almost indispensable part of human existence. Uh, most of us use words uh, every day uh, and uh, whether we speak them or write them or hear them or read them, uh, words are everywhere. And I think because of the ordinariness, the plainness, the prevalence of words, because they're everywhere, we can think of words as kind of inconsequential. So when I was in primary school, uh, we used to say to each other, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Does Does anyone say that anymore? Or is that just, no. That's what we used to say uh, when someone would say something hurtful towards us. And, uh, and the reality is that's just not true. I'm guessing that most of us know the pain that has been done to us uh, through words that people have said. Uh, or the pain that we've caused to others by our own words. And on the flip side, I think we do recognise the power of words. So we, start, we use that famous quote, the pen is mightier than the sword. We recognise that words can wage wars and start wars and end wars. Uh, they can create relationships and destroy relationships. They can make contracts, legal contracts, and they can end legal contracts. And while physical injuries can be long forgotten, two or three words that someone has said to us can live in our hearts and in our minds for years, if not decades. Well, with such power comes great responsibility. And so what we want to do uh, this morning is to think about how can we then be responsible? How can we be wise in the way that we speak and in the way that we use our words? 
Well, God has lots of things to say about words in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs talks about false words or lies. It talks about deceptive words that make us look better than we really are. It talks about oaths and promises. And uh, there's so many things that it says about words, and we can't look at them all. But what I want to do is just to look at three key things, maybe the most fundamental things, that Proverbs has to say about uh, our words. So first of all, the first thing is, uh, one of the key things that God says to us about words in Proverbs is that words can be either destructive or healing. Uh, Words can either tear down or they can build up. Uh, So Proverbs chapter 12 verse 8, the first one on that sheet that you uh, will have received, the words of the reckless pierce like swords but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Our words can pierce or they can heal. The words that pierce are reckless words. That is, words that are said without a lot of thought, uh, words that are, that, are, uh, that are reckless and, uh, and thoughtless. So to speak recklessly, the proverb says, is like waving a sharp knife around in the air. You know, the, think of the little kid who accidentally... You know, picks the knife up out of the knife block and is one, you know, kind of waving it around the kitchen while people are trying to to do their thing. Someone's going to get caught. Someone's going to get get hurt. And Proverbs says that's what our words can be like. That's what reckless words are like. It's like waving a, a sharp knife around. Reckless words are words like, "I never want to see you again," or "I don't love you anymore." Or, I hate you. Or, you've ruined my life. You're ruining this marriage. Sometimes those words are said with the full weight of meaning behind them. That is, sometimes those words are said deliberately, calculatingly. But sometimes those words are just said in the heat of the moment without thinking, recklessly. And the consequences of those words can be devastating. The thing about reckless words is that we don't think a lot about them. We just say them. They kind of spew out of our mouths. We don't think about them, but the person who hears those words does. Those words stay with that person for years and maybe decades. They say locked in that person's head. So our words can pierce. But our words can also heal. So instead of being like waving around a sharp knife, our words can be like a band-aid or a salve. They can bring healing to people who are hurt. Our words can heal deep wounds. So healing words are words like, I forgive you. I'm sorry that I did that. You might think that nobody cares about you, but I care about you. God cares about you. Words can heal, not just destroy But our words, Proverbs says, can also stir up wrath or put wrath away. So Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 says, 
the next one on the sheet. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So harsh words or hurtful words or painful words cause division and anger and resentment. Harsh words are words like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're the biggest idiot that I've ever met. Or surely nobody in their right mind would ever think like that. In contrast, gentle words are words that diffuse anger and can end arguments. Gentle words are words like, sorry, I don't understand. Can you explain that to me again? Or, I've never thought of that, actually. That's a great idea. Or, I'm not sure that I agree with you, actually. Um, I think that might be wrong because of this. Gentle words can diffuse an argument, turn away wrath. Harsh words can stir it up. So too our words can either give life or take life away. Uh, Proverbs 15 verse 4 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Uh, so the words which take away uh, joy and which take away life are perverse words. They are words like, You're hopeless. You never do anything right. You're the worst husband or wife that anyone could ever have. You're the worst friend. Soothing words, or again, healing words, are words that give life. Words like, you're such a good friend. You're always sticking with me. You're the kindest person I know. Don't worry about that. We'll work through it. Proverbs 12 verse 25 says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Our words have power to quiet anxiety and cheer up the downcast, and they can rescue a person from a crushed spirit. Our words can sap people's will to live. But our words can also give them the desire to keep going and joy in doing it. But it needs to be said, I think, too, that healing words are not always words that are easy to hear. Uh, healing words and good words can also be hard words. So Proverbs chapter 25 uh, says, Like apples of gold and settings of silver is a ruling, or really is a word, rightly given. Like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke uh, of a wise rebuker uh, to a listening ear. The NIV has translated it to sound like it's really about uh, judgments or something like that in a court of law, but it's not really. It's, it's interpersonal relationships. It's about words rightly given and uh, rebukes given wisely. But the point is that pleasant words uh, don't mean that there's no argument uh, and no rebuke. So a wise rebuke given at the right time, Proverbs says, is like a treasure. It's like a golden treasure. 
So sometimes the words that will heal are actually words uh, of rebuke. Uh, Or words, perhaps, of honesty or words of disagreement, but words which are true. Sometimes the most damaging words, in fact, are the words which paper over things. Smooth words that can deceive people uh, because we're afraid of being honest or afraid of, um, uh, of the ramifications. The difference between destructive words uh, that tear down and hard words that build up is, I think, their intent and their wisdom and also their timeliness. So destructive words are intended to tear people down. Hard words, although they're hard, are intended to build people up. They're intended to heal. They're said with great love and great care. And they're also said at the right time, not just at any time. The point at the end of the day, though, is that Proverbs says that whenever we open our mouths, we have a choice. You can speak words that tear down and destroy, or you can speak words that heal and that build up. You can speak words that inflame an argument or that diffuse an argument. You can speak words that promote wisdom or words that promote foolishness and foolish responses. You can speak words that heal and give life or you can speak words that weigh people down and crush their spirit. So words can destroy or heal, tear down or build up, but our words not only affect the lives of other people, Our words can also affect our own life. They can shape our own life. So Proverbs 12 verse 13 says, Evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk, and so the innocent escape trouble. Uh, Or Proverbs 13 verse 2, From the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things, but the unfaithful have an appetite for violence. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Or Proverbs 18, verse 6, The lips of fools bring them strife, and their mouths invite a beating. The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. So Proverbs says that our words uh, can trap us. So sometimes we can blurt something out, and what we say has consequences. It might be a hasty promise. Yes, of course I'll do that. Uh, But really, we don't have the time to do it. uh, And we've made a promise that we can't keep and may even, in fact, cause us great damage uh, were we to keep it. Probably more in the mind of Proverbs, though, is those situations where our words are deliberately deceitful. So rather than just uh, careless, yes, of course I can do that, deliberately deceitful yes of course I can do that I say that when I don't actually have any intention of doing it so we can make promises sometimes that we know we can't keep and that we have no intention of keeping it's what frustrates us about politicians but let's not pretend that it's only politicians that do that we say we'll do one thing and then do another 
you might say to your parents or to your spouse or your friend or your boss, yes, I can do that for you, but you're really just saying it because you want to get them off your back. Or you say it because you want them to think well of you. Oh, what a, isn't, isn't it wonderful? They, they always say that they'll be able to do it. But then your words entrap you. You've committed to something that you can't do or won't do. And you end up in a situation which is worse than before. So our words can trap us. Our words can also ruin us. Uh, you might have seen in the recent uh, election that quite a number of candidates on both sides, on, on every side really, were brought down. They were brought to ruin by words. By words that they'd said three or four or five years earlier on social media. Uh, we've seen that too with ordinary people. I, I think I've mentioned before, a few years ago, uh, an American lady posted what she thought was a kind of ironic tweet uh, to her 170 Twitter followers. Uh, it said, going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS, just kidding, I'm white. Within a few hours, she'd somehow become the disgrace of the internet and the world. And by the time her plane landed in America, uh, her words had ruined her life. She'd lost her job uh, and she didn't leave her house for at least a year afterwards. Words can ruin our lives. Uh, my tip, if you're on social media, is either get off <laughs> or be very, very careful about what you write there because it can destroy your life and it can destroy the lives of others. So to our words can get us into fights, into physical fights, fights over property, fights over politics, fights with colleagues, fights with friends, fights with neighbours. But on the other side, Proverbs says that our words can bring good things. Good words and pleasant words and true words and loving words can make people favourable to us. They can build relationships rather than destroy them. They can strengthen partnerships rather than weaken them. They can grow a marriage rather than stunt it. They can preserve our life. First, because they don't get us in, into trouble. But second, because through our words, we've built relationships and those relationships stand us in good stead for the things that we're going to face. So if you treat people kindly with kind words then when you need their help, they'll be more inclined to help you. But if you treat people rudely, with rude words, unkind words, then when you need their help, they probably won't help you. So again, every time you speak, you have a choice. You can speak words that will ensnare you, words that will trap you and bring you to ruin. You can speak hasty words, rash words, evil words. Or you can speak words that will bring about good things. Words that will preserve your life. You can speak words that are good and true and faithful words. So words can destroy and give life. Uh, they can trap uh, and ruin us or they can... They can bring us good things. Finally then, if words are so fraught, so dangerous and so positive, 
How can we make sure that we end up in this camp rather than that camp? How can we speak good words rather than bad words? Well, Proverbs gives us a very helpful piece of advice, I think, again and again and again. Uh, God says to us in Proverbs, think before you speak or even don't say anything at all. So Proverbs 10 verse 19, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Or 15 verse 28, the heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. Uh, Proverbs 17 verse 27, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent, and discerning if they hold their tongues. Proverbs 29 verse 20, Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. Again and again, Proverbs says the same thing to us. We need to stop and we need to think before we speak. We're more likely to be trapped by our words if we speak or type without thinking. We're more likely to come to ruin if we speak without thinking. We're more likely to hurt others and tear others down if we speak without thinking. But if we do think, it can protect us from those mistakes. Uh, My dad has often said, uh, you know, if you have a difficult email to write or a difficult uh, conversation to have, but particularly in the case of an email or something like that, uh, a good thing to do is to write it and then to leave it for a couple of days before you send it. And in fact, I, uh, a number of times, I've, I've sent him an email to get his opinion on it before I send it. Uh, and at least once, he's then sat on it himself for a few days before he's responded uh, and said, well, this is what I think you should do about that. So it's wise to take time to think about what we've, we're going to say or what we've said. And of course, wise also to ask others what they think of our words uh, before we send them. Far better to slow the process down and to think carefully than to fire off an email uh, or get into a conversation and destroy relationships that we've cultivated over years that may take years to restore afterwards. Moreover, you should stop and ask God for wisdom before you speak. Now, clearly that doesn't mean, you know, every conversation can do the washing up. Lord, please help me to know what I need to do, <laughs> what answer I need to give in this conversation. No, no. But, but in those difficult situations, we need to stop and ask God uh, what we ought to say, how we ought to respond. Uh, there's nothing wrong with saying to somebody, I need to think about that some more. Can I get back to you about that? In fact, one of the problems, I think, about the age in which we live, where people demand immediate responses, is that it doesn't cultivate an environment where people are able to do that, where people are able to say, actually, I need to think about that. 
It doesn't cultivate an environment where people are encouraged to think about what they say before they say it. It encourages people to fire off hasty answers that are more likely to ruin and entrap and ensnare and destroy rather than bring life and heal and promote good things. And Proverbs says, not only is there great wisdom in thinking before we speak, there's also great wisdom in not saying anything at all. Uh, Sometimes, if you don't know what to say, you should just be silent. Of course, there is a mistake too. There's There's a sort of an opposite mistake, as so often in Proverbs, I guess, and in wisdom. The opposite mistake is that we remain silent when we should speak. That can also be just as bad, I think. But by and large, in the general course of events, the problem that most of us are more likely to face is not being silent when we, could, when we should speak, but probably speaking when we should be silent. Proverbs tells us that even a fool seems wise if they keep their mouth shut. But there are other reasons, I think, too, that Proverbs gives for not speaking beyond just having a chance to think. So Proverbs 26, verse 20 says, Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. In other words, gossip just continues to spread the flames of a quarrel. Gossip is like kindling. It's like pouring uh, you know, petrol on a fire. You don't pour petrol on a fire and think, oh, I think this might, this might put it out. You pour petrol on a fire and you know that it's going to explode in flames. It'll get worse. So one of the key ways that we can end a quarrel is to say nothing. You might need to say something to the person with whom you have a quarrel, but you don't need to say anything about it to anyone else. And if it's not your quarrel, you definitely don't need to say anything. And if someone tries to pass the gossip onto you, you can just say, I don't need to hear about that. That's not, my, that's not an issue that I need to deal with or I need to know about. Likewise, Proverbs 17 verse 9 uh, tells us another benefit of silence. Whoever would foster love covers over an offence, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So sometimes even just repeating something that's true can be destructive, even if we don't repeat it with any kind of judgment on us. So just saying this is what happened, sometimes even just saying what happened can be destructive. Uh, Every time you repeat to someone what's happened, it keeps the hurt alive. Uh, it doesn't matter if you say it in the nicest way. Oh, gosh, I feel really sorry for them about that. It's actually just another way of kind of dredging it all up again. And Proverbs says that kind of thing is so destructive that it can even separate the closest of friends. Even the best friends can be hurt and wounded and separated by just repeating something that probably doesn't need to be said. Instead, love just covers over an offence. It just lets it go. 
We need to be clear, I think, that Proverbs is not talking here about crimes that need to be brought to light uh, and, 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 and dealt with by the proper authorities. It's not talking about offences. It's not talking about those kinds of things. It's talking about offences and hurts that have been dealt with between people that don't need to be dredged up again and again and again. And in those circumstances, Proverbs says, not speaking is an act of love. Well, I don't know about you, but I think in some ways, thinking about words is the most challenging of all the things in Proverbs that we can think about. I find thinking about words very challenging and very confronting. Uh, I think, as I've reflected this week and I thought about my own life, I think that so often uh, I, should be, I speak when I should be silent <laughs> and I'm silent when I should speak. I just can't get, seem to get it right most of the time. And so often when I speak, I speak, I find it so easy to speak recklessly rather than lovingly. Uh, when I finished both my honours thesis and my PhD, actually, my, uh, my, I got to the end and I thought, I have to go back and I have to rewrite this in a nicer tone. And for a 125,000 word PhD, that takes a long time to do, let me assure you. But it's so easy when you're disagreeing with people, particularly in academia, at an academic level, to just rip into them and turn into a personal argument rather than an argument about the ideas. But it's important, I think, for us to learn to take the time to d disagree about things well uh, and to take the time to speak well and to speak kindly. Well, the good news of the Gospel is, I think, that if you're like me and struggle with words, the good news of the gospel is that we can confess that to God and we can find forgiveness for that in the death uh, of Jesus. We can acknowledge our sins to God and trust that the blood of Jesus covers over all our sins, even our hasty words and our thoughtless words and our reckless words and our destructive words. And we can seek God's grace to help us to speak better words than we have been through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. But too, I think, where uh, words have been really destructive and have really destroyed relationships, we not only need to confess them to God, but we need to address that with those people as well. We may need to confess our, our, what we've said to them and ask for their forgiveness, especially if it's a close relationship, I think, with a spouse or a child or a colleague or a parent or a friend. Because close relationships, most of all, need good words rather than hard words or bad words. But not only do we need to ask for forgiveness, I think we also need to learn to forgive others for the words that they've spoken to us. Not every word, we can't live a life where we demand that people repent for every word that's spoken thoughtlessly. It would be exhausting if that's how we were to live. Love covers over an offence, one of our Proverbs said. And there may be words that people have spoken against us. It may just be one or two words that they've said, words which stay locked in our minds and which we cannot forget. We need to learn to 
forgive those people for the words that they've spoken just as God has forgiven us for the words that we've spoken to. Let's pray for that now. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a speaking God who always speaks words that are true and faithful and good and right. Words which give life, but also words which warn and caution. Uh, Words which rebuke us uh, in order to build us up. And Lord, we pray that as people made in your image, remade in the image of Christ, that you would teach us to speak words in imitation of you. Help us to speak, speak wise and good and true words and faithful words, Lord. Uh, help us to speak hard words when we need to, but to speak them with kindness and with love. Uh, help us to speak them with sternness where we need to be stern. Help us also to speak words which heal and restore and give life. And Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for those times when we've spoken rashly or recklessly, and we've hurt others, uh, perhaps that we don't even know. Uh, Lord, forgive us for those times when we've uh, trapped ourselves or ensnared ourselves by the words that we've spoken. Lord, please forgive us for that and help us to trust in the forgiveness that you've achieved for us in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And empower us by your Holy Spirit, we pray, to uh, imitate him and his words, his loving words and good words and true words. And Lord, we also pray that you would grant us, as you have forgiven us, that you would grant us the grace to forgive others for the words that they've spoken to us. Lord, there are people here this morning who are holding on to words that have hurt them deeply, Uh, and which they carry with them still after many years, Lord, we just ask that you would give them the grace to put those words away and in love to cover over that sin. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.